Hopefully after I am uh, finished with the word and I'll, I'll try to trim it up some because uh, when the Lord wants to move, you just let him move. You don't tell him, get out of the way, I have to preach. I don't think that would be a good idea. So we will try to trim it up, but I hope that you get a little bit of a grasp of what's going on. A lot of times Christians don't even know themselves what's going on due to our shallowness of the word. But what's going on just in the world in itself and what you and I are are supposed to do according to the Word of God. So that's what we're going to look at. Um, God says He's going to shake everything that can be shaken, and it's obviously, it should be to you that the shaking has started. Okay, Hebrews 12, verse 25, New Living Translation simply says this, Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape, when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, Will we certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven? Whom God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens too. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Only what's unshakable will remain. So this is going to affect everybody, and it already has started. Now, I happen to think that you, being a believer, should know what is the only thing that's not going to be shook. The only thing that cannot be shook is the Word Himself. The presence of Almighty God, like you felt this morning. You can get into that presence, and you can handle any problem, any situation the enemy throws at you. If you do like the song says, open yourself up, give yourself away, and trust in Him. So this is what the Word is telling us here in Hebrews. Luke also says this in Luke 6, 46. He says this, And why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Look, this uh, gospel will work for you if you do what God says, what the Lord says, what this true gospel says. Remember? Not, uh, what did we say the other day? Not the liberal gospel. Not your grandma's gospel, not your gospel, not the conservative gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus. This is the only one that has the power to work. So he says, why call you Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Now you have to admit, we are living in a crazy time, an absolute upheaval. We are in a season of storms, social storms, actual storms, personal storms. So he goes on and says, listen up. He is like a man which builds a house and digs deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. 49 says this. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently. Same storm, same stream, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Absolutely great. Look, I can't count the times that Ruth and I, all we could do is shake our heads when we see folks walk away, walk away from the counsel of the Word of God. Given the counsel, Encouraged by the council, stirred by it, and choose to walk away. 
Walk away from the direction that God gives. Walk away from the strength that God gives. And walk away from the protection that God gives. That's founded in the Word of God. There's nothing else we can do or nothing else we can offer. So it is amazing and it's so, so heartbreaking when you see it. Romans 7.11 tells us, For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. That's the goal of sin, is to slew you, kill you, destroy you. That word occasion means that the enemy looks for a place from which a movement or an attack is made. A base of operations. Just like if you didn't move a little earlier, the base of operation in you might be that long hatred and bitterness of what that person did. And God wanted to free you from it. Maybe even this morning. So the enemy looks for those occasions that he can manifest your sin and feed your sin. And the word deceive means to mislead, trick, or cheat. You thought maybe you were doing right and you've been deceived and tricked. And thereby sin kills you, takes you out, is what the word of God says. So that word slew simply means to kill in any way. To kill in any way. The enemy doesn't care how. He just wants you dead. To inflict mortal death, to deprive of spiritual life, listen, and secure eternal misery. So you know what? We're playing with high stakes here. This is not a little quarter game who wins or a little dollar on what team. This is high stakes. This is your eternal soul. That you and, I, and you're in the game whether you want to be or not. This is not a game that you are not entered in. Oh, that's too, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't choose to do that. It's too bad you're in. Romans 8, 19 tells us this. Listen about nature itself and, and creation itself. It says, For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Creation is starting to get overwhelmed by the weight and the load of sin. So creation itself is waiting eagerly, the Word of God says. Look what verse 20 says. It says, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. All creation was saying, no, no. All the trees and the mountains and the clear streams are saying, no, no, we recognize you as God. They weren't, they weren't into this sin and walking away from God. Against its will, all creation was subject to God's curse, but with an eager hope. 21 says that creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Even creation is sick and filled of the violence and nonsense and the death that's going on. 22 says this, for we know that all creation, listen, has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to this present time. This is what's happening in our country, actually around the world. Crazy storms. Crazy storms. Bigger than ever. Earthquakes all over the place. Droughts. Crazy droughts and missed floods. Wildfires. Have you ever, in fact, I thought about doing it today, have you ever saw the clip down there in Tennessee when the fire was raging in the mountains? Oh my gosh, it, 
It, um, it has to be Hollywood. It's true. It's real. Nature itself under the weight of sin is groaning. Verse 23 says this, And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us for a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from the sin and suffering. Isn't that true? Oh my gosh, what a day to leave this heartache and all this stuff behind. Come, Lord Jesus, come, is what creation is saying and what the people of God are finally starting to say. Luke 21 says this, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Have you seen that lately? Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And that's what's going on right now. So the idea is, okay, what's the redeemed have to do? What are you and I supposed to do? Look what Hebrews 3.13 says. But exhort one another daily. Now listen, you're getting direction from God. This is not from man. Because anything from man can be shaken. Any idea, any new plan, any thought I have. Any five steps by Pastor Joe, that can be shaken. So the Word of God says, in the midst of my shaking, and God, you're going to see, God says, I'm doing this. I'm doing this shaking. So you cannot be caught up in it. You must be wise as serpents and gentle as doves, the Bible tells us. So Hebrews says, this is what you're to be doing in the midst of this shaking. But exhort one another daily. That word exhort means to admonish. Listen, listen, it also means to scold. What are you doing? Where you been? Come on! Admonish as you see the days coming. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, through the misleading of sin, the deceitfulness, the hardness to become obstinate or stubborn or pig-headed is what that word means. Doesn't the Bible tell us it's stubborn as the sin of witchcraft? I mean, you might as well get a big old pot and start jumping in frogs' legs and all these little things and start stirring. Oh, I'd never do that. If you're stubborn, you are doing it. That's what the Word says. You got a problem, you have a problem with God. Because that's what the Word says. Look, as we see creation groaning, wanting to be released from this sin, all this weird stuff going on. You and I are to exhort one another. We're not to back off. We're not to slow down. We're not to say, you take over. We're not to hide. You are to exhort, admonish, come on. As you see the day coming, unless the hardness gets in our, sin, in our heart, and then we do sin, and we are misled, and we think we're right, and you're not. You're not. Look, it's well known. To those who study the Word of God and really get into it, understand that Isaiah 24 is a look into the future. It really is. It is. And I was reminded by all this not that long ago. It says this, Behold, listen to this now. I can't quite remember. I don't think I wrote this down in King James. 24 once says, Behold the Lord. The Lord now. Not the Republicans, not the liberals, not the Democrats, not the uh, conservatives. It's the Lord. It's not uh, 
climate control, warming, all this nonsense. The Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste, distorts its surface and scatters abroad its inhabitants. Listen, and it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, with the servant, so with the master, with the maid, so with his mistress, with the buyer, so with the seller, lender, borrower, creditor, debtor. Everybody, he's saying. So with everybody. You can hide, you can buy your bananas, you can find a cave in Montana. God says it's not going to work. Everybody. The land shall be entirely emptied and utterly plundered, for the Lord has spoken his word. The earth mourns and fades away. Do you feel the earth mourning? The world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth languish. The proud. The earth is also defiled under its inhabitants. This is, how the, this is why the, the earth is groaning because it's defiled by you and I. It's not talking about litter, pick up your paper. It's talking about the sin, the rejection of the covenant of God. The earth said, no, I never wanted to do that. I know who Almighty is. It says, the earth also is defiled under its inhabitants because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broke the everlasting covenants. Get those Ten Commandments out of here. Take that cross and get away from it. Stop praying at ball games. That's what's going on in our land. So God says, okay, therefore the curse has devoured the earth, and those who dwell in it are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. The new wine fails, new ideas, new administrations, new this, new... doesn't matter. It's not the answer. The new wine fails, the vine languishes, all the merry-hearted sigh... The mirth of the tambourine ceases, the noise of the jubilant ends, the joy of the harp ceases. They shall not drink wine with a song. Strong drink is bitter to those who drink it. City of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up so that none may go out. Now listen, there is a cry for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth or the joy of the land is gone. That's what's happening in our land. Therefore, a while ago, you'd get thrown out of school if you said Merry Christmas or that's a Christmas tree. They ruin everything. Sin ruins everything. All joy is taken from this, everything at all. What's going on now with the NFL? That's that golden calf's coming down. Kneeling on the flag, kneeling on this, the overall cry is I just want to go to a ball game and escape all this stuff. And they're bringing all this garbage here. That's because God's drying it up. He's sucking it up. Because it's all false. All false joy. The Lord is letting you know there's going to be no joy except Him. In the presence of Almighty God is fullness of so the Lord's telling his people the season that we are in. You don't like it, I, I can't help it. I don't have the power to change it. Because that's definitely what's going on unless you watch a different news or something. I don't know. So Isaiah 21, 4.1 just reminds you, it says, Behold, the Lord's doing this. The Lord. So the question is, how or what is the plan for God's people to get through this? 
That's what's going on in the world, whether you choose to watch the NFL or not. That's what's going on. Everything is being shook and shaken. That which man run to for pleasure and joy and forgetting about God is drying up. And the earth is saying, oh, I can't stand in these pains. And another hurricane comes or another earthquake or another weird something. It's insane. <clears throat> you wonder if anybody understands. If anybody's listening. I don't know. So here's the plan. This is your plan. If you do it, great. If you don't, then it depends on how you build your house. Faulty foundation or a strong one. Same streams coming to all of us. Hebrews 10 says this. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to do good works. That's what we're to do. Provoke unto look. You've got to keep loving people. Come on, you've got to keep helping out. 25 says this, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. This is the most insane time to be bailing out. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as, together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more. So much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? Do you see the day of the Lord's vengeance is coming back to get his people? Do you see it approaching? Then what are we as saints to do? Well, it says it right there in black and white. But exhort one another even so much the more as you see the day approaching. Look, I understand about discouragement. I understand about church. And sometimes you just shake your head about it. I, I understand all that. And discouragement is making many stay away from the church at the very most important time that we're going to need it. This is where your direction comes. If I'm doing my, or whoever is behind this pulpit is doing their job and asking God, God, you got me give information for your people. You got to give us insight for your people while we can still gather God. Forsaking the assemblies together, forsaking fellowship is a sure way to end up discouraged. It's a sure way you cannot function alone. God has not made you to function alone. God has says he puts the solitary in a family, in the family of God. Look, your own little personal family doesn't get along all the time. So you cannot expect this one to be, oh, just one. No, we'll have issues at time, but you can't bail on it. This is what God said. This is how God said. This is how you're going to get through the shaking, the insaneness that's coming upon the world. Many say they'll go to the church if they need it or if they feel like they need it. But that, that's not even what God is. That's not even a purpose. The whole idea, our motivation is for fellowship, is for, is for coming together and being stronger and maybe encouraging one that happens to be weak. Someone gets blindsided, comes down here, and a mob surrounds them in prayer. Or you can stay alone and imagine. Amen. It's not if you feel like you need it. That person over there might need it. The one that just came in today might need it. Might need you to speak, to say something, to God to move upon, to put your arm around. 
This is how we get through it. Christian exhortation means the expression of your, your heart and what God has done for you and in you to urge others that they continue on the Christian path. Come on, brother! You think I don't need that? You think I don't need you here? It may include a testimony. You might say, let me share my heart. What happened to me? You can find that person, someone hurting somewhere needs it. Maybe a rebuke, maybe a warning. So God tells us so much more as you see the days of darkness and despair approaching. So much more. You need to be ready to speak. Need to be ready to shine bright as your light when others come. As the day of Jesus returns draw near, we should be more committed to the fellowship of God's people, the assembling of ourselves together. Are you all right, Nate? Nate, are you all right? Ephesians 5 8 says, For we sometimes were darkness, but now are you light? Lights in the world. Walk as children of the light. When does God ever give you a light to leave you alone? Where do you put light? In darkness. The church needs to be a place where you can get your batteries charged again. A whole week slops it out of you. You come back to the house of God and say, Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Get your batteries recharged again. You lift your hands, your, your wings, and you soar into the heavenlies, worshiping the one who died for you. Amen. The one who said, please, don't abandon me. Don't forsake me. Come to my house. It is well. Through it all. Your focus, your calling, everything needs to be rebooted. Mine does. Needs to be rebooted. And in the house of God, it can be. Where you soar in the heavenlies just because of a song like it started happening here today. We cannot go against the principles of God and expect it to work. 1 Thessalonians 5, as I try to shorten this and wind this. You are the children of light. You are, if you're a believer. You are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith, love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. You are of the light. And you have to walk according to your light. Listen, listen, look at me. Not your light. No, his light. What he says. Doesn't matter whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter. Listen to this. 
And we'll end with this. Jonah 4.11 says, um, should, not I, should not I spare Nineveh? I mean, what is it? Did it say four square, 80,000 people? Should not I spare Nineveh? They were the enemy. People hated them. He says, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons. Now listen, here's the thing. That cannot discern between their right hand and their left. That's like America. People can't discern what's right or wrong. People are always saying, where's common sense? They can't discern what's right and what's wrong because they've turned their back to the covenant of God. We're so far down the road from that now. We have generations that have no idea of God. And God says, no problem. My people will tell me. My lights will shine. That's why you got to come back. Because the shaking has started. The despair is setting in. Violence is happening. Creation is groaning. I'm longing. And yet, there are thousands who can't discern between their right hand and their left. Thousands. Thousands. Those who are unable to make moral judgments of what's right and what's wrong. So the lesson is clear. There has to be a strong church filled with the presence of God and the people of God in the light of God. Doors wide open. This is not Zanesville Country Club where you just certain people can go and get fed a great meal and there's no problem with money. No, 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 no. This is supposed to be like a, a hospital for souls. This is, what do they call that when they set it up real fast? When, is it a triage? A, t- a triage when you're rushing people and blood's all over the floor and white sheets are soaked with blood and they're trying to save people's lives. That's what the house of God has got to be. Because you see, they don't know they're doing wrong. They don't understand. And the shaking's going on. And what are we to do? All the more. All the more. Exhorting one another. Come on. Come on, Roger. Come on, Pat. All the more you stir one another. Not forsaking not abandoning, not deserting the call. You see, because the Ninevans, the, the people, the Assyrian people are out there, thousands, Nineveh, cities all over. And it's you and I that have to be filled with the power, the light of God to be able to say, no, no, look, look, this is what's right. This is what the Word of God says. This is how you are to live and how you are to act. It has to be you and me. Let's stand. Listen, we get low on God, self-preservation kicks in. We get low in the spirit. It's like, forget it. I'm taking care of Ruth and I. and Get it. You're on your own. The church can't be that way. We can't be that way. 
When we get low on the Spirit, that's the way we get. We'll just take care of ours, and I hope they make it. As they pound on the door, let us in. We can't be that way. So if you need an infilling or refilling of the Spirit of Almighty God, if you need rebooted, you're calling, your focus. You've been teaching those kids so long, you're wondering, does it matter? It matters. It matters. So as the booth plays a little bit of music, and open up our altars. Please come. Please ask the Lord. Lord, help me as I see the day approaching. Help me, Lord.